Hello, this is Cumber CK, this is Connor, and this is episode 51. Today I'm joined by Kirk Ramsden. Kirk is initially from the UK, currently living as an expat here in Vietnam, and is involved in stand-up comedy. How are you, Kirk? <laughs> I'm good. You're good? Yeah. Nice one. So, I, like, I like that introduction. <laughs> yeah, I got, got yeah. straight into it, right? Yeah, yeah. I, kind of, I always try and go towards the mic, just for the intro, and then I just sit there. No, cool, yeah, I might have to change it in the next 50, but we'll see. No, it's strong. Good yeah. it? So do you mind telling me a bit then about your background in the UK? You're from Leeds? Yeah, well, I'm from a small town called Brighouse, but I usually say Leeds because, you know, everyone's like, where? Yeah, for Whose real. house? So, yeah, just, yeah, just from a small town in Yorkshire near Leeds. Yeah, small, small bubble of a town. Yeah, so what was it like growing up there? Um, yeah, kind of good. Um, you know, just climbing trees in, in the summer, you know, but uh, it's kind of, kind of just, you know, same thing, different day, you know. Yeah, and sure. People are kind of, you know, say the same thing, you know, so, you know, I think when I, when I grew up, I wanted to travel, you know, and leave. But yeah, yeah. it's always going to be home and it's always going to be there, but, you know, there's so much out there, I just wanted to... Uh, experience something yeah, else really i have very similar feelings about manchester that's where i'm from and right. i realized a couple of years ago i need to do something different otherwise same old conversations for 10 years and then shit <laughs> this is it now yeah i think so. well, we're getting to like 28 and i was just like okay so what do i do now and like then everyone's uh, getting married and yeah, having kids i'm like whoa is it is it that time now you know, I, I, I feel like I'd only left school like last year, you know, yeah, sure. you know, it just goes by so fast. So I thought, well, you know, I'll try teaching abroad. Yeah, cool. And that's what led you to Vietnam? Um, I, I, I stayed in Phuket, Thailand for three years. Nice. And um, so, yeah, I was teaching there at an international school. And then I, I came to Vietnam. So I've been here about three or four years now. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, teaching again. I'm still teaching, uh, yeah, full-time, part-time, maybe in between. Online though now. Yeah, so of course. I'm, yeah, I'm just online teaching. And then obviously doing the uh, comedy on the side. Yeah, sure, that's what I was going to lead up to next. So, yeah. stand-up comedy, had you done this before Vietnam? How did it all get started for you? Um, when I first came to Vietnam, um, I had I was working at a language center, but I had a lot of free time, which was amazing. Because usually when you, when you work, especially back in England, it's like work, 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 work. You know, you don't have any much free time really. So, and I didn't really know many people. I lived with I lived in like a service apartment, you know, where you share kitchen, and um, you know I I spoke to these people, but I thought, wow, you know, because. Saigon's got like a vibe to it, right? You know, when you go out, you feel that vibe. And I wanted to experience, you know, what was going on. And I saw a um, workshop, comedy workshop. And I thought, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll try it out. So I went to this workshop and it was basically, you went there for the full month, I think it was. And then at the end of the month, you performed, um, you know, in a show. And to be honest, like it was like, like a drug really you know as soon as I got up there and I just wanted to do it more and more so yeah, I, just, I just continued doing it you know going to open mics um, then people were asking me to do shows and at this time you know you didn't get paid for it you got like a free drink 
you know, I were happy to just go on stage and, you know, perform, really. Yeah, get something. Uh, but, yeah, it's changed a lot now. So there's a lot, you know, you get paid for shows and things like that. So it's, you know, it's getting bigger. Yeah, you said it was like a drug. What was it about it that had this feeling for you where you wanted more and more of it? It's like Joker's Coke. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the phrase. <laughs> but it's, I think it's more the adrenaline. So before... Um, you go on stage I, I suffer I've suffered a lot from stage fright so I've really had to like um, knuckle down you know I've, I've like big shows where there's been like 80, 80 people you know I've been in the toilet vomiting you know throwing up and then coming out like you alright Kurt yeah I'm fine <laughs> nothing's wrong you're nervous a little bit you know terrified but yeah you know so yeah but as soon as you get up there and then you start you know you get get your laughs yeah, it's more. I think it's more the adrenaline that you, that you get addicted to. Yeah, you think that's what manages it when you have, say, kind of stage fright or vomiting or any nerves. You think it's the adrenaline that pushes you through, or is there anything else? Yeah, I think it, the, the adrenaline might add to it as well. I mean, this is it's it's got better now. I've performed more. So when I first used to perform, I used to get like extremely nervous. But now it's it seems to be relaxing more. It was more the fear of uh, doing bad on stage like ooh what if I'm not funny but as soon as you it's like if you're scared of sharks you know what do you do swim with sharks but I probably wouldn't but yeah that's what they say I know the analogy (laughs) (laughs) but they you know just do bad on stage once you bomb you know if you bomb you know you go up there no one laughs I mean it's terrifying you know you're like three minutes into your set it's just total silence you know like sweats coming down you know you're just like and then once you, you do that a, a number of times, then you, you're not really scared of doing bad. Yeah, for real. And so then what kind of projects are you doing at the moment? What things happen in Saigon that you're currently involved in? Um, for me, I'm doing a show called Shits and Giggles Comedy Show. So I'm doing that at the moment at the Colour Craft Beer, which is just on the outskirts of District 1. Nice place, got a private room. Uh, like good lighting stage, uh, microphone. So I've got the the monthly show there, which it started off with like four people, then it was like seven, twenty. I think last time we had about forty to fifty people there. So it's just grown each month. Yeah, for real. It's been a good point. So that's been like, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, because, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, I've also been doing uh, improv comedy workshops which, um, yeah, that's been quite successful, about eight to ten people each time. So, yeah, I do like to uh, do improv uh, comedy as well. But there's not much of a a scene with the improv uh, comedy at the moment. There's been troops in the past, but it's kind of all died down, so I'm kind of trying to reignite the the fire, or whatever you say. Yeah, so to speak. Was there any comedy influences growing up I don't know anyone you looked at in the public domain or amongst your peer group that you thought yeah they're really inspiring me to keep going with it um I think like like big comedians like famous um I think Lee Evans would would be one for me yeah and I like to be physical on stage more physical than my writing you know I think my uh, facial expressions my body language my act outs probably make me what I am as a comedian rather than uh, what I say 
Because I, I think it. I mean, every comedian's different, but it's not. You know, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Um, I'm loving these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. For real. And so then, if there was somebody looking to get involved in stand-up comedy but hasn't yet, for whatever reason that may be, what advice would you say to them in taking it up? Um, I'd probably say, I mean, workshops are a good introduction because you, you kind of get gui- guidance. But I'd probably just work out, you know, what you want to say. Maybe just say a, a funny story, something that's happened to you. You know, maybe it were embarrassing or, you know, it were funny. It might have been sad or tragic. You know, t- just go on stage and, and tell your story. Don't worry about, like, punchlines and setups. you know, because you're just going to block your mind off. Just get up there because you're going to be probably nervous or get up there, record your set, and then go back to it, write it out, and then you can start filling in. Uh, your punchlines and setups and things like that yeah sure yeah for me it's kind of people just said to me they just like threw me up there in the scene you know because I'm like yeah you know scared to get up there get up there yeah Yeah. in terms of the material you use is there anything that influences I don't know the work you've done previously your social life is there anywhere any aspect of your life that you take into your comedy if that makes sense is there anywhere that you think yeah this is the material I'm going to use yeah, it's kind of, so, yeah, things that have happened to me through my life, or, you know, I might be, say, if I drive home now and I see something, it kind of triggers something. So kind of like, like trigger words, and then I'll go, if I go home, I'll make notes on it, and I'll make like a spider diagram, but I, I like to mine material, so I'll have something to talk about. So say, I don't know, I bought some bananas in a shopping mall, terrible, but yeah. And, you know, then I'll mine it. And then when I get laughs from the audience, then I go back to that. And then so I create material. So it's usually like like trigger words for me. Yeah, sure. And that's how I remember my sets as well. Because it's for like a first time date, da-da-da, da-da-da. And that's how I remember it. So as soon as I think of the trigger word, then I remember the material. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Is there any kind of, this might be a tricky question, has there ever been a best set, a set that you've done and you think, yeah, I particularly nailed that? Or Yeah, all of them, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I did, uh, I think the first time I did really well, it was at a, a cafe. I'm not sure if it was in District 2, I can't even remember what it was called now. But I did a five-minute set there and absolutely killed. And that was just amazing. Probably first time it was like full five minutes of just absolute laughter. Yeah. Some of it were quite crude, uh, but yeah, got some dick pics in there. You know, some you call them kind of like low hanging fruits. You know, like things about you know sex and maybe going to the toilet or you know kind of low hanging fruits to make people laugh. Yeah, sure. But that was kind of first time. You know, I came away and I was like, whoa. You got that reaction. Yeah. Yeah, but that felt unreal. Yeah. Could only imagine. That were a rush. A real yeah, rush. For real. But yeah, going back, I think as well, I mean, growing up, I, uh, my, my grandma, she used to own a, like a fun pub, like a cabaret bar. And I used to stay, stay with my grandma a lot in the summers. And she used to have a lot of performers. So I were about four year old at the time. So she used to have like drag queens, comedians, singers, and she used to, you know, or used to audition to be in the, uh, 
in my grandma's show. So even from a young age, I was kind of like watching people perform and trying it out myself. Yeah, sure. And my grandma was pretty ruthless, you know. I'd be like, just, you know, having a packet of crisps, some roller cola. And if the if the person did bad, they'd be like, Arthur, what do you think, Mary? She'd be like, she'd be just like sipping a G&T. Just, and wouldn't say anything to her, you know, if they were bad. And yeah, I was like, sure. ah, it's cold, grandma, it's yeah. really cold. <laughs> yeah, proper proper old school. And then, I mean, like, growing up, like, uh, younger, I always saw, like, so I went to a public school here, we're a little bit rough, and I've always been quite small and skinny. So I always, I think, socially, like, making people laugh, it were kind of like, so they didn't beat me up. I mean, they weren't really going to beat me up, but I was like, I can make this guy laugh, get him on my side, and I think I'm okay. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I think it were kind of like a like a social shield. Yeah. yeah. It's a useful tool, that, though. I mean, yeah, if you say if you can't fight, then making people laugh is probably the next best thing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, every, every time I used to think of fighting, and uh, I mean, I, you know, when you're in the mirror and you're on your own, you're like, oh, yeah, I'd give him one like that. Yeah. But really, I'm, I've never been a big fan fighting so I just used to kind of like talk my way out of it you know say something funny and they'd be like ah yeah he's alright yeah let's not beat him up let's leave him alone yeah for real cheers guys (laughs) but yeah and just just watching like sketch shows and you know going into school or like some like my parents and their friends would be like oh do you know that bit by Ace Ventura or you know loads of sketch shows when I was younger yeah, sure. Actually, uh, like Blackadder. Yeah, of course. So it was mostly sketch shows that got me into comedy. Bottom. Mm. I remember Bottom. That was a long time ago. But, yeah, so all that's probably adding to, to what I do now. But I didn't realise it until I got, got into it. And then when I look back, I'm like, I've always been doing this. Yeah, sure. Yeah. This kind of brings me nicely, I suppose, to the final question, the conversation. What kind of things are you looking to achieve in the future with comedy or beyond that um i mean for now i want to enjoy it most definitely because sometimes in the past it's got a little bit stressful you know i've been working with like different people and things like that so it's got it's just been stressful and i've not enjoyed it so first time like where i am now i just feel like i'm enjoying it so much more and it's coming out in my performances as well um. Yeah, I want to. I think when the borders open, because uh, I, I performed in Bangkok, so you know I'd like to uh, travel more. So I'm, I'm. I've got my my Facebook page. So I'm just trying to, you know, get likes. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so, so, but I'd like to. I want to put more material out there, so like YouTube videos, travel, and then yeah, I think yeah, the end goal. I mean, I'd love to walk out to a thousand people applauding me but yeah that's that's the end goal yeah that's cool you've got time to get there yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i I probably wouldn't do it i mean i enjoy it it's kind of what i do in my social time you know my downtime but you know i take it serious you know go to open mics practice material you know read watch and just take as much information in as possible yeah for real and yeah it's i mean if i if i can it's my passion so if I can do that as a job, then, well, I'll be winning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, Kurt, thanks very much for your time today. It's been good. And I, I've been to a couple of the shows. 
loved them both. Not just saying this because yeah, genuinely thought it was fun. And yeah, all the best for the future. I'm keen to check out one of your shows in the future. I look forward to it. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Cheers.